We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I know Mondays always suck after a loss, and I'm not sure if this episode of 10 Things is going to make you feel better or not, but I've got 10 things that stood out to me from the game on Sunday against the Bills that I think made the difference in this game. Some of these things are good, some of these things are bad, but I'm BJ Kissel, and appreciate you for listening to this episode and your support of what we're doing here at KC Sports Network. And this show is presented by my friends over at KC Strength and Conditioning. If you're needing a place to train a baseball or softball player ages 8 to 18, call my friend John Renzi at, at KCSE. Known him for 20 years. He's always been the guy when it comes to what a body needs to maximize its performance out on the diamond. That phone number is 913-638-8960. And call John Renzi at KCSE at 913-638-8960. All right, guys, let's get into the 10 things that stood out to me on Sunday. A lot of these are probably the same things that stood out to you. Uh, when watching the game, I always take notes uh, when the game's going on and just things that stood out, whether they're game-changing plays, little penalties here that you might forget about later um, once the game is over, especially early in the game that kind of make a difference between these two teams getting after it. I mean, the margin of error when you play a team like the Buffalo Bills or the Ch same thing for the Bills when they're going up against the Chiefs, it's who's going to make fewer mistakes and who's going to make more plays. And at the end of the day, the Bills just made more plays than the Chiefs did, and the Chiefs just made – a few too many mistakes. Um, some of those were self-inflicted. Some of them are just, you know, issues that we've seen kind of start to compound over the last few weeks uh, and hopefully ones that they can correct before we get too late into the season. Uh, but you just saw the barometer of what the chiefs are going to have to, what the, who the chiefs are going to have to beat uh, to get back to the Super Bowl to try to win uh, another one of those. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills give them all the credit in the world. They came out, they played well. Um, Josh Allen is a superstar in this league and it was almost you know the unstoppable force versus immovable object uh whatever that saying is uh these are two just powerhouse teams getting after it so uh chiefs fans have every right to be bummed and not telling anyone how to feel um half of you listening are probably pissed off and just want you know everybody to that didn't play well or everyone that's not playing well to be let go and uh you know half of you just want you know kind of like me where you're right in the middle saying, you know what, that would have made things a lot easier. 
uh, down the road, especially knowing that you're probably going to have to go to Buffalo now. Uh, and obviously a lot of things can change, but probably having to go to Buffalo the way things we assume to play out uh, to win the AFC title game, which is going to be a very difficult task, a lot more difficult than, than doing it at home. But uh, there are reasons why you could feel confident that the Chiefs will be a better football team, uh, barring injury going down there because of some of the injuries they had. And the fact they have a lot of young guys that are out there on that field. You know, we talked about this, you know, before the season started that the chiefs had a lot of young guys playing on the defense and they were going to be learning experiences for them. And we saw that in this game and we've seen it over the past few weeks. Um, hadn't led to losses, but we've seen plays and moments in games where, you know, young players were kind of being challenged a little bit. And uh, we saw that again in this game. So let's get into the 10 things that uh, stood out to me on Sunday. And I'm going to start with something that Coach Reed said after the game. It's something that he said quite a bit. But uh, when talking about this game, when he was asked, he said, it can benefit you down the road if you handle it right. And this team will definitely do that. I think we always need to be reminded uh, that this team can bounce back. We saw uh, them play very poorly against the Indianapolis Colts team. And we've seen them play very, very well against the Tampa Bay Bucks team. That I know is you know, kind of hit or miss sometimes, but that defense is absolutely legit. And the Buffalo Bills defense is absolutely legit. And there were a handful of plays that uh, really made the difference in this game. The, the pressure from the tackles, which I'm going to get to here in a second, ended up being a huge thing in this game. But uh, you know, this game can serve the Chiefs very well to go back and watch the film, see the things that they did wrong, see the small mistakes that are very correctable, which we'll get into over the next nine things that stood out to me. But uh, I like I love the fact that he said this team will definitely do that. We've heard the stories of Patrick Holmes uh, last week challenging his guys against the Raiders at halftime. Those guys up front, and they came out and responded and played better. Um, but you heard Nick Bolton, Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill after the game. They all had the same message and that they were proud of the young guys for stepping up in this game. Because again, Chiefs were missing Rashad Fenton. They were missing Trent McDuffie. There's missing Willie Gay, who will be back now after serving his four-game suspension. So uh, the Chiefs weren't at full tilt as far as the guys they have available. But in fairness, neither was Buffalo. You know, Micah Hyde, their top safety, wasn't playing in this game. And Tredavious White, their cornerback, didn't play in this game. And so uh, both teams are going to feel like, you know, they're going to be in a better spot, hopefully, when they meet down the road. But uh, like the Coach Reed said that after the game, um, and I think it's it's a point that all Chiefs fans should kind of you know, taking the consideration of how many times we've seen, you know, over the last 10 years that Coach Reed has been here, how quickly do these guys bounce back after games? And uh, this is definitely one that you feel like you missed an opportunity, but not one to hang your hat on and feel like, um, you know, you can't overcome the the issues that led to the loss on Sunday. Um, but getting into some of those issues at number two, the number one that I'm sure people are going to be talking about all week is the O-line uh, giving up pressure, especially on the tackles with Orlando Brown Jr., who, obviously bet on himself this year, left some money um, on the table. The Chiefs had made him an offer. Uh, Brett Veach and his staff had made him an offer that he felt like, you know, wasn't deserving of, you know, who he was as a player, the leverage that he had as a player. Um, and you never know how that's going to play out, especially as we continue on throughout the season. Um, but he's not playing like a top five left tackle right now. And that is a unit up front. Those guys work together in a way that, you know, only people, only the coaches and the players in the locker room and people have played the game uh, or really study the game understand that it's not just one guy, but when it comes to contracts, it is about one guy. And Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, they both are going to know that they have to play better, but O-line as a group gave up 36 pressures 
against the Buffalo Bills. And that makes things very difficult, uh, obviously, for Patrick Mahomes, who had an average depth of target, according to Pro Football Focus, in this game of just 6.2 yards, which was the lowest he had all year. But when you look at the final numbers, I mean, Patrick Mahomes goes 25 of 40 for 338 yards uh, with an 8.5 yards per attempt average. Offensively, the Chiefs averaged 6.3 yards per play offensively, which was you know, 0.1 yard better uh, than the bills had at 6.2 yards. So pretty evenly matched, even on third down uh, jumping around here a little bit, but both teams four of 11 and on on converting on third down. I mean, it's a very evenly matched game, but you look a little bit deeper in how they got to some of those things, the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, he really had to scramble and make a lot of plays outside the pocket, which he's known to do, but you don't want your offensive line giving up 36 pressures and individually Vaughn Miller. uh, If you had to pick one player that probably, made the biggest difference in this game was Vaughn Miller. You know, he had nine pressures um, in this game individually, seven quarterback hurries. Both of those numbers were season highs for Miller. So it wasn't just Vaughn Miller doing Vaughn Miller things, although we know he is proving to still be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, we've seen that from his time in Denver. Saw when he went out and won a Super Bowl with the Rams and obviously now got a big contract, not the one that was necessarily reported as was he end up getting. Uh, but Again, just an absolute animal, and he's going to get his plays. He's going to make his his mark on any game that he's playing in that he's healthy. But um, overall, the Chiefs' offensive line needs to do a little bit better a job, give Patrick Holmes a little bit more time. And you know, we've said this, you know, for a few weeks now, and the fact that we're saying it, and specifically to Orlando Brown Jr. on a time where he had a long term offer that was offered to him reportedly that he turned down because he didn't think it was enough. Uh, We're going to keep bringing it up because he felt like, you know, he was going to bet on himself uh, and don't know if hindsight's 2020, if he'd make the same decision, but it doesn't feel like he's doing a lot to, um, you know, add leverage to his case this off season, where it looks like the chiefs will be, um, you know, trying to shore up that offensive line and the guys in the middle, um, you know, it is a unit, you know, Joe Tooney being one of the top pass blocking um, left guards in the NFL. I think the numbers have him like in the top five. I think uh, Tony Romo said on the broadcast, number three um, pass blocking left guard in football right now. We know he's a veteran. He can get it done. Uh, But just as a unit, those guys need to be better. But there's a lot of pressure being put on those tackles because we see those highlights and we see them getting beat in one-on-one situations. And that can't happen. Uh, All right, moving on to number three. The Patrick Mahomes, uh, his first interception, you know, when we talk about margin of error in this game, uh, thing that stood out to me was, you know, those things are going to come back to hurt you in games like this, unless, you know, Buffalo makes a couple of mistakes on, on their side. And they, that first drive Buffalo goes down. They gave us one right there with that fumble with the kind of um, botched pitched right there. And it felt like we needed to take advantage of that. I know they went for it on the fourth down on that drive, extended it, to try to put it into the end zone, which made it even more excruciatingly painful to watch that interception because you kind of left points on the board by going for it on fourth down, converting, and then not walking away with anything uh, because of the execution. But, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes threw it up. MVS had a chance on that play. Um, You know, Kair Elam, the the rookie cornerback who made that play, uh, had better position, obviously, being in front of him. I went up and made a fantastic play, but those are the throws that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to tell you that he can't make, but we've seen him make plays like that before. So some of those you just kind of live with with Mahomes, but um, that doesn't take away from the fact that they come back to hurt you. Um, And the other thing about that drive that stood out to me, um, because you see it, not that it wasn't a penalty. Um, and I know Tony Romo again talked about on the broadcast with Creed Humphrey uh, about four or five plays before that being called for being down the field, you know, eligible 
man downfield with as many RPOs as the NFL runs. Uh, I feel like that call could get made a lot more, um, but you take that out. That's a touchdown. That's a completely different situation. Uh, and how you feel about this game, taking away that interception from Holmes, if that penalty is not called or if Creed Humphrey doesn't go down the field, but again, that's a tough spot for a lineman knowing that it's an RPO and uh, could be running the football. And it was kind of Mahomes kind of creating, uh, making a phenomenal throw to MVS across the middle. And that would have been, you know, one of the only catch of the game for MVS. He didn't finish with any in this one, but um, yeah, that, that, sequence really hurt. I know a lot of people are going to focus on the interception, but man, that penalty really changed things too. And again, we talk about margin of error, you know, that's he's one yard down the field. He's back a little bit changes things there. So it's a play you can't forget about, but um, talk about MVS having, you know, a quiet game or not making any catches, but it's great to see Juju Smith Schuster have a big game. Uh, we talked about, you know, going into this season, the makeup, and just the physicality of the Chiefs wide receivers group just being different than what it had been in the past. These guys are big, they're physical. You saw that with Juju um, on his big touchdown catch. He finished with five catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. You know, his best game, um, obviously, this season for the Chiefs, but probably his best game in the last couple of years. Um, so he really didn't put up big numbers with, you know, a and aging Ben Roethlisberger who couldn't really deliver the ball down the field to put up uh, big numbers like that. But it was great to see Juju get involved and make plays like that. But at the same time, there's always a, there's a butt for a lot of these guys that, that even did have good games. Uh, but the penalty that Juju got called for, I, I don't know if the NFL is just getting soft with some of these calls um, or if he said something that's just very egregious, similar to the Chris Jones one against the Colts, but um, very surprised uh, to see a call get made for Juju celebrating like that. Maybe it was just because he was right on their sideline looking. Um, didn't look like he was looking, wasn't looking at the player that made the play um, or didn't look like he was looking at anyone in particular, but only the ref uh, in Juju at that point would know or people standing along the sideline. But um, I think they showed, you know, Coach Reed on the broadcast just saying stupid uh, when that call was made, when they were showing the replay of his reaction. But um, great to see Juju have a big game. But again, that, that penalty and those kinds of things are going to be amplified in a game that's as close uh, as this one with the margin of error, again, being so small. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of our sponsors here, and that is Liquid Death. Look, you might be in a meeting you might be at work, you might be sitting at your desk, and you might see one of your coworkers start to crack open a 9 a.m., crack open a tall boy. You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? I love company culture, but I don't know if that's really a part of it. But then you look over, you start to look a little bit more closely. It's wide. It's got a gold little rim. That's not, that's not beer. It's actually a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. And if you guys have been listening to KC Sports Network, you know why is it called Liquid Death? Because it brutally murders your thirst. That is right. It will quench that sucker. And not only is it brutally murdering your thirst, it is brutally murdering plastic pollution. They're infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, they're incredible. They recycle them and they, they can use those over and over unlike plastic bottles where there's plastic pollution uh, everywhere. I hate plastic pollution. You hate plastic pollution. It is, it is our common enemy here in Chiefs Kingdom uh, is plastic pollution and the bills. So when you're looking at this, they also donate 10% of their profits of every can sold to, to help end plastic pollution. So not only are you drinking good water, you're also giving a little bit to a good cause as well. And listen, I love Liquid Death. Can't keep it in the house no matter what kind it is. If it's the 
still water, if it's the sparkling water, or the three flavors that they have, the berry, the mango, the lime, all three are excellent. Trust me, I know my sparkling water. I know my seltzers. They're incredible. I do love those so very much. And if you're looking to get your hands on some, you can find it at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. You can also find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Now let's get back to the show. And same thing, moving on to number five, uh, Harrison Butker. Uh, it was great to have him back. Um, obviously nailing the 62-yarder. I think all Chiefs fans were having some fun knowing that you know it was the end of the first half, just like it was the end of the game uh, last year with the 13 seconds that they left just enough time on the clock uh, for Patrick Mahomes and company to get down the field, get Harrison Butker in position to be able to nail a 62-yarder. And then the way that he just kind of walked away from it, pimped it a little bit, uh, it was awesome to see if you – we're paying attention to Butker after he made contact with that ball. I always like looking at the kicker because uh, they'll be the first ones to tell you uh, if that ball's going in, even before it goes through the uprights, they kick so many balls. They know uh, what's going to happen barring some huge wind gust. Uh, but the fact that he, then he came back and Jim Nance just completely, um, you know, ruined the moment saying it was a chip shot and just jinxed them completely. But uh, misses the other, I think, you know, 51 yarder, which is a complete chip shot. Uh, for Harrison Butker, but again, you go back to the end of the seat or the end of the game, you know, that extra field goal makes a huge difference. So those are the kinds of mistakes you can't make uh, if you're going to beat a team as good as the Buffalo Bills, even if you are playing at home. Uh, moving on to number six, uh, run, de run defense being an issue. I don't think a lot of people expected uh, Buffalo to come out and run as much as they did. In this game, Devin Singletary had 17 carries for 85 yards in this game. He was averaging eight yard or eight carries per game through their first five weeks. He had not carried the ball this much uh, since last December, I think. But even so, in you know, Devin Singletary has played 51 games in his career and only eight times uh, in his career as he had more than 17 carries. So that was a lot of carries for Devin Singletary, obviously a focus for Buffalo coming into this game, probably something to do with what they saw against the Raiders. Uh, even though and with the Raiders game, uh, the run defense being an issue had a lot to do with Darren Waller goes out and then they bring in an extra offensive lineman uh, to kind of offset that. And, you know, some of us, and I know I had talked about was the defensive issue for the chiefs against in the running game an issue because of the extra offensive line or just, you know, other factors. And you didn't really know how Buffalo was going to see that was Buffalo going to continue to do what they do, which is not run the football whole lot outside of Josh Allen and some design, you know, power runs for him or some scrambles. He was a leading rusher for them coming into this game. Uh, but Devin Singletary in the, you know, Buffalo offense moved the ball on the ground, especially early in the game uh, ended up being one of the key factors of them just kind of controlling the clock a little bit early uh, and picking up some chunk plays in the, in the running game and just chiefs, uh, whether the linebackers are slow to react, you know, defensive linemen getting off blocks, whatever it is. Uh, it's been a thing for a few weeks now um, outside of, you know, a couple of games where they've done really, really well, you know, uh, earlier in the season as far as that run defense um, a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde but uh, been gashed uh, for a couple games and really made a difference in this one although it was surprising to see Buffalo run that much um, you know good game for Devin Singletary credit for him for running hard but um, that's something the Chiefs defense is going to have to figure out moving forward because uh, the blueprints out there now that you can run the football and again with the Raiders extra offensive linemen wasn't the case against Buffalo. They've got a good offensive line, um, but not known, not known for running the football again. 
Josh Allen was their leading rusher coming into this game. Uh, moving on to number seven, uh, one thing we've talked about this pretty consistently throughout the years. I I love Steve Spagnuolo's aggressiveness. I love how much they're bringing pressure. Uh, I love in the red zone um, early and that key drive uh, that you know they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, uh, sending the house on third and fourth down, making Josh Allen get the ball out of his hands, uh, not giving him a chance to read, scramble, all the things that we saw, some of the highlights in the, in the fourth quarter of him running and jumping over guys and u- using his athleticism. Uh, I love the aggressiveness from Spags, but I hate the fact that he has to be as aggressive as he is uh, if it's the reason why he's doing it because we just aren't getting a lot of pressure with our front four um, without sending extra guys. You know, she's finished with 23 pressures in this game, but uh, I couldn't tell you how many of those came just from simply blitzing and sending extra bodies and taking guys out of coverage. Um, again, Spags is going to be aggressive. Uh, he always has been aggressive. That's going to be a, a thing for the chiefs defense going forward, but they've got to figure out a better way to get pressure um, without sending extra guys. But you know, when they've get that amoeba front guys are just kind of walking around, you don't know who's coming from where um, I love it. Puts a lot of pressure on the opposing teams. You know, you look at Josh Allen's passing numbers in this game and, you know, under pressure, uh, Josh Allen was only five of 12, completing just 41.7% of his passes. Um, you know, when he was blitzed, oh, it says right here, he was blitzed 17 times in around 40 dropbacks. So, you know, the Chiefs obviously made a concerted effort to st- coming into this game that they were going to blitz a lot. I don't know if that's again, out of necessity because they're not getting pressure with four or um, Spags just like sending extra guys, getting the ball out of his hand, making him make quick decisions and not wanting Stefan Diggs a chance to, to run those double moves and those, uh, you know, routes that, you know, end up on highlight reels all over the place across the NFL, because he is arguably the best route runner in the entire NFL. And he's going to get open if you give him enough time. And so the point is don't give him enough time. Derek Johnson said earlier this week on, you know, his defensive breakdown that he does with us at KC sports network, that the best way to defend the pass is the, uh, put the quarterback on the ground. Uh, the, the rules are all slanting that way. And we've seen that over the, you know, the course of this season with some of the pass interference calls, but, um, you know, Josh Allen, when he was blitzed, was just 7 of 16, again, uh, completing just 43.8% of his passes. But two of those seven passes that he connected on when the Chiefs did blitz were two of the touchdown passes. You know, you send extra guys, you leave guys like Josh Williams, the Chiefs rookie cornerback, you leave him on an island a little bit, uh, puts a lot of pressure on those guys to step up and make plays. Um, but again, love the aggressiveness. I just wish we could get a little bit more pressure with four guys and not have to blitz um, simply to get pressure because there's the only way to do it. So uh, what we do know and take a quick break before we get to the last three things that stood out to me. But right now, uh, one thing that we don't do know is that that was a great NFL football game overall. Didn't like the result, but love the NFL game. And if you want every game to feel somewhat as exciting as that, obviously listen to this, you're, you're a Chiefs fan, but trying to segue into this DraftKings Sportsbook read. Uh, we know they're an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Chiefs are three-point favorites now against the San Francisco 49ers coming up this Sunday as they try to get back in that win column. The over-under is set at 48 points. So if you want to take the Chiefs and the over, that's generally what I do. I'm never going to... take an under in a game. That's just the way that I bet. I'm not, don't take 
anything I say for betting advice. I'm not great at it, but I have a hard time ever thinking that uh, any game before it happens isn't going to be a game that Patrick Mahomes doesn't go out and plays really, really well, and the Chiefs put up points, even going up against the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, knew it was going to be close. Fact that it was 24 20 that it hit the under, um, but I'm rarely ever going to take the under when they're not probably playing uh, Buffalo uh, because of just how talented they are. So, anyway, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game late, stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's move on um, from that that brutal read that I just had right there for DraftKings, but we do appreciate all their support. And uh, they do have the best app and best user experience uh, if you're out there and you're the sports betting type. I've had a chance to check them all out. Uh, and as biased as we may be in the fact they're supporting us doesn't change the fact that DraftKings does have the best app uh, and most user-friendly uh, interface and experience uh, if you're making your bets. So um, not a great day uh, for Josh Williams. That's the number eight. That's an obvious one. Don't want to pile on the rookie because he was put in some really tough situations going up against um, arguably, you know, the other best offense in the entire NFL with two, basically two number one receivers with Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. Um, results wise, not great for Josh Williams, but you know, again, it, he's not getting completely burnt. You know, he's right there to make a play. He's big enough. He's fast enough. He's, um, doesn't look like he's afraid of the moment. It's just some technique things that uh, needs to get his head around, needs to turn, needs not give up so much of the inside position, especially on the one to digs. Um, you know, those are things that he can go back and watch the film on. And, you know, talked about this earlier with Matt Miller when I was doing uh, the recording with him, make sure to check out that KCSN update video um, and or podcast if uh, you're a podcast listener. But, uh, you know, Josh Williams, all the coaches, you know, going back to training camp have always said he's coachable as a young player coming from Fayetteville State, you know, not facing guys like Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis a lot throughout his career um, or at all. Obviously, I'm saying that a little bit in jest, but um, hopefully Josh Williams learns from that. Chiefs should be getting, you know, their guys back. Uh, Rashad Fenton coming back from injury. Trent McDuffie coming back from the hamstring injury. We haven't seen him play, um, but a quarter so far this season. Hopefully Josh Williams learns from that, uh, can go back and watch that film and doesn't uh, let it affect his ability to get better uh, because there are going to be times later in the season that, you know, other guys are going to get banged up or whatever the reason that Josh Williams is going to get back in there and hopefully he stays confident. Most DBs are, <laughs> even at the college level. Uh, you can't play that position and not have a short memory uh but you know tough day for him overall but hopefully he learns from that and again the defensive scheme and you know sending extra guys and blitzing and as aggressive as steve spagnuolo is it's going to put those guys on an island it's going to put those guys in tough positions uh and they just got beat by you know the, again the two probably the best duo um wide receiver in the nfl uh with gabe davis and stefan diggs those guys are studs and they went out there and made plays um, and then one play I want to talk about in particular at number nine. I don't know if you're listening or if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, remember this play, but I think when it happened, I actually got really upset because it was set up to be a huge play. The Chiefs on this drive, they ended up kicking a field goal. It was early in the fourth quarter, around the 11 and a half minute mark. Uh, the Chiefs had a first and 10 from the Buffalo 26. And it was a little screen play or a little swing pass uh, to fullback Michael Burton. 
The play was a little rushed. Mahomes had pressure, didn't quite get him uh, an accurate pass. Would have been a fingertip catch. I don't think he had a chance of making the play. So it's not necessarily on Burton or anyone. If they would have given a little bit more time, a little bit more accurate pass. But um, again, we talk about the margin of error and just the game of inches. That play, if you go back and watch it, there was all kinds of space. Uh, I don't know how fast Michael Burton is with the ball in his hands, um, but you know, getting the ball at the 26, catching it around the 30-ish or wherever he would have caught that ball, uh, getting a touchdown on that play could have been very likely or at least set them up um, much better than what ended up on the rest of that drive. We ended up settling not only for a field goal, but it was a 44-yard field goal. And again, this is a play at first and 10 at the 26. So again, you talk about those those missed opportunities. Um, you know, Going back to the game against, uh, I believe it was the Colts, where Clyde Rizzler dropped the, the pass out to the flat. Um, you know, that fourth down was like, man, that was a huge missed opportunity. That's kind of how I felt about the Michael Burton play. I felt like, you know, you can remember it because it was only pass, I believe, to Michael Burton in this game. But I felt like that was one of those plays when you go back and, you know, everybody's talk about the two interceptions from Holmes and this and that. Those kinds of plays also uh, can make all the difference. And again, you're talking just a few inches or just a half a second uh, more um, before getting under pressure that you could have thrown a little bit more of an accurate pass. But again, settled for a field goal early in the fourth quarter. Chiefs take a lead. Touchdown there makes all the difference in the world. All right, and then finally, one guy that we haven't talked about that had a great game, can't remember anything uh, that I'd be upset about with Travis Kelsey, uh, finishing with eight catches for 108 yards on his 10 targets. Expected Kelsey to have a big game. It was going to be interesting to see how much um, zone coverage the Bills played going into that game. Bills played zone about as much as anybody in the league, 85%. Um, defensively, they are in zone coverage, whereas the Chiefs coming into this game had faced more man coverage than anyone else in the NFL. Um, Travis Kelsey can beat man. He can beat zone. Uh, we saw highlights of him doing both. But if you're going to play zone against Travis Kelsey, he's going to make you pay. Um, I know going into this game, I had made the point that expect Juju to have a big game because of how much Buffalo had played zone, but you don't know if then Buffalo is going to switch it up. Just like on the offensive side, they didn't run the ball a lot came into this game, ran it 17 times with Devin Singletary. But uh, again, Travis Kelsey just continuing to show why he's the best tight end to ever live. Um, finishing again with eight catches for 108 yards. Um, it's always nice to know, regardless of what the result is, that on a big in a big moment against the best defense in the NFL, they still can't cover Travis Kelsey, and they know it. Even with Matt Milano, arguably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL, takes more than one guy and they couldn't slow him down. It didn't end up being enough, but when these two teams meet again, can expect Travis Kelsey to have a big game as much zone coverage as they play. And again, Juju, all of these young receivers, Sky Moore, all these guys getting used to and getting the experience of playing against Buffalo, hopefully will help them down the road. Uh, so that's all I've got for the 10 things that stood out to me. Let me know in the comment section, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, what, what I might've missed or what stood out to you or what plays I didn't talk about that you thought made a difference in this game, but appreciate everybody for watching. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it. We've got a lot going on here at KC sports network as we try something a little new and we tweak things here and there to, uh, to make it as good as we can for uh, all of chief's kingdom. So that's our goal. And we'll continue to work on that, continue to do the best we can at creating great content for you. Um, if you like any of the local colleges, whether it's KU, K-State, and Mizzou, we've also got a lot of content that is non-Chiefs related covering all of your like local sports teams. So just go to your favorite podcast platform and search KCSN to find all of those channels as well. But until next time, Chiefs Kingdom, make sure you go out there and uh, take care of one another.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.